The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is just waiting to be acquired, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I am doing just fine. How I mean, are just, you? <laughs> I, I am, I'll say good. That's better than just fine, right? I guess. I mean, just fine is is not bad necessarily. Okay, That's it's not. I guess it's not. True. It's in, it's in between, right? I guess it's not good or bad. I'm good on bordering on just fine. <laughs> so, is just fine better or worse than fine? Oh, I mean, it's probably the same. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if there was a difference. So I just wanted to check in. Uh, so, Josh, one of the things I did today, um, and not just me, but my partner and I, we cleaned our house today. And, Josh, is there a way that you can think of to get the same feeling you get after your house is clean without having to actually clean your house? Yeah, go to someone else's house. <laughs> That's a good idea. because <laughs> maybe is messier than your own house. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really am not a huge fan of cleaning house cleaning like i recognize and understand it has to get done but of you know chores i would choose to do it's pretty low on the list like it's just not something that i enjoy doing like i really enjoy mowing the lawn that's something i actually like to do i look forward to doing it every weekend it's something i I like but cleaning the house is not high on the list however the feeling i get after the house is cleaned is really really good like i have like hey this place looks nice yeah like i'm just not i'm way less stressed about things like this is way better so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out a way to kind of bottle that feeling without actually having to do the work. I hear you. So you don't you don't have a, a resolution for me? No, I don't. I agree with you. I think that the house does feel nice after you get it cleaned, for sure. Um, it's always nice. My My wife and I go back and forth like, Sometimes I'll come home and she'll have cleaned the whole house and it'll be really nice when I come in and then vice versa. So I think it's nicer when the person you're with surprises you. Uh, oh. If you are if you have a partner or, with, or even anyone you live with, it doesn't even have to be your partner, where, you know, the house just gets cleaned. Like, oh, someone cleaned the house. Great. So do you and your partner have the same... When you say, hey, we're going to clean the house, like, it, are you in <laughs> sync or on par with what that means and and what that process is? Kind of, but it's never, we're never, we never go, oh, hey, uh, let's clean the house. It's always like, why haven't you cleaned up after your son yet? <laughs> oh, gotcha. I, did you see that the dishwasher's empty? Things like that. Always passive aggressive. Uh between the two of us, ways to say the house needs to get cleaned. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, or, or what's the classic one? 
Yeah, it's like, uh, well, if I'll cook dinner. I'll cook the whole dinner. I cook only all the dinners. And I'm not saying that it's on her to do dishes. I'm not saying that at all. But I'll finish cooking, uh, put the food out on the table. And then as I'm bringing like a, uh, a pan to rinse out in the sink, she'll go, the dishwasher's empty, just so you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> So we go back and forth more with that kind of stuff. Okay, so this is an excellent question that we can build off of then. When you make dinner or when you are having dinner, do yeah. you put all of the food communally on the table? Or do you like dish it up and then go sit at the table? It depends on the meal. If we're doing tacos, okay. if it's taco night, I just separate everything in containers and have it out on the table. But if it's like dinner, dinner, I'll plate her food and my food. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. We're we're definitely um, do everything, plate everything, and then go sit down because I want to use as few containers for things as possible. Yeah, so I, don't have to wash yeah I get that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely the way that goes. Uh, when you clean your domicile. Yes. How long does it take? Oh, it depends on the week my son had. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We could probably get the place cleaned in two hours, two to three oh. hours. Okay. Depending that, on how bad it is. Is that when you do it by yourself or when you do it together? Uh, probably both. Okay. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. You know, if it's to both of us, we'll get a little bit more um, uh, aggressive isn't the right word, but we'll... Like, we'll try to tackle more things than just cleaning. We'll do, like, laundry and dishes at the same time. as Or, like, someone will be like, oh, this closet hasn't been cleaned out in a month. <laughs> Let's do that, too. Gotcha. Yeah, because when we clean and we clean together, it takes us about two hours Okay. to do our house. So that's why I'm just thinking of doing that by myself. I mean, it's probably going to take me three to four hours, genuinely, because... My partner's idea of clean is a little more significant than mine is. Yeah. So, and, and not that I'm a, a person who likes to live in disarray, but she feels the need to like mop far more often than I uh, do. Okay. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where we, we are a little different as far as those things go. Uh, so that's why we always do it together because there are certain things that I can do to the level that she's happy with. And then the things that I do in a way that she gets that annoys her or bothers her or is not in the way she would like to do it. She just does those things. Yeah. <laughs> so that way we get everything done uh, all to a level that she's okay with. Um, and it greatly exceeds my caring level. So we're in good shape then. So, but then that's, yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like when we get home from work, there's always a set like order of things that happen. Cause you get home from work, you let the dogs out, feed the dogs, empty the dishwasher, prep coffee for the next day. Like there's a cycle of things that we do like every single day. And like yeah. so like so then usually she gets home before I do. So then when I get home, since she's usually done all of that stuff, then I'm the one who starts cooking dinner. Yeah. Cause she's kind of like done that other stuff. So then I cook dinner so she can chill out for a little bit since she already did like all of those other tasks. So Yeah. I hear you. It's nice to have support and help when you can, but sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to do it on your own. And yeah. At least in my situation, like, 
waiting and waiting. We also don't see each other as much as most um, couples do, I don't think, just because of our work schedules. Yeah, I was going to say your work schedules, I know, don't fall as in line, whereas yeah. we basically work the exact, almost identical hours. So yeah. usually yeah. if one of us is gone, both of us is gone, are gone usually. So, but gotcha. Yeah. Well, Josh, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, that was not the pregame topic this week. It wasn't. It wasn't. The pregame topic this week, Josh, is, uh, you know, I don't think we have it as any of our regular topics. So uh, more studio acquisitions uh, were announced this week. And, you know, at this point, it just seems like that trend is going to continue, right? Yeah. Even folks like Netflix getting in uh, on the action and acquiring video game stud- studios. So, Josh... We've talked about acquisitions before, and you know, since we've really had a big in-depth discussion of them, more acquisitions have happened. Like I said, there are significant, strong rumors that you know more acquisitions are forthcoming, including potentially some very large ones. Yeah, are we still cool with this many acquisitions? Do we want them to keep going in the video game world? Obviously, even on the board game side, Asmodee is getting sold. Yeah, which I mean is just to another investment firm, so it's really not that big Back of a change forth, as far as yeah. that goes, but. Yeah, what are what are your thoughts on all these acquisitions at this point? Are you still okay with them? Still cool with them continuing at this pace? What are your thoughts? Okay, so before I answer, I improperly prepared for the show because my headset's about to die. So I'm going to swap my battery real quick. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> before it dies, dies, and then and then I'll pretend like I heard what you just said, and I'll jump right in. <laughs> okay, listener, right now, Josh's. Looking down at his headset and trying to figure out how to take out the battery. And now he's making noises and trying to mute his microphone so you don't hear him adjusting the battery. See, I could just cut all of this out, but I think it's really important, listener, for you to know that we're just a really professional podcasting operation here. That we come prepared with charged headsets uh, and and that we, you know, really pull out all the stops for you every week. So, uh, and now he's back. So that's great. Hey, how, how did that go, Josh? Get the headset changed okay? It's good. I took out the wrong side first, but now I got it. <laughs> Excellent. So these nice steel have... series. I like the swappable batteries. Gotcha. So is the is the old battery now on the charger? It is back in the charger now. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So, but did you hear the question about acquisitions or not? I did hear that part. Yes. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So then, Josh, tell me, what are your thoughts? Do you want these acquisitions to continue at this rate? Where are you sitting right now? I don't, yeah, it's a good question because. Uh, originally, we were just like, hey, the more studios under a big umbrella, the better. But I think it's just getting dangerously close to that not being a thing anymore. The umbrella is just the sky <laughs> and everything <laughs> is going to be bought by somebody. Um, honestly, it doesn't bother me. Uh, it's actually nice to see like Sony gobbling up some of these studios um, because we see... I mean, we still haven't seen it with Microsoft, but we know it's going to pay off. It's just a matter of time. But like hearing the stories from like Tim Schafer about um, just how much more money and freedom they got when Microsoft bought them. So I can't imagine it would be any different for Sony or even a studio if Nintendo started doing things like that. But um, I don't know what that point is when they should stop. It's going to be competitive, right? Like they want, Sony needs to get studios. Microsoft does. I don't know that Nintendo will ever feel the need to acquire any studios because they do just fine on their own. Yeah, but I mean, arguably, so does Microsoft and Sony. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they just, you know, the price points. I mean, Nintendo really shows like the unwillingness to move their price points on their games seems to be paying off for them in the long run. So uh, it's good for them, but I don't know. I mean, the reason of why or why not, like, I don't know. We, we're not seeing, it's not like you're seeing these studios now saying like, a Microsoft company. Like you're not seeing this like branding of who owns them or whatever. They're still allowed to like exist on their own. So maybe I would say the point where they should stop is once we start hearing about like massive layoffs or studio closures. And then you maybe say, okay, well, why don't you let them fail on their own? If you really think that that might happen instead of just trying to buy them to, to, I don't know, headhunt some of their employees or whatever their goal is. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? So, I have, I think for quite a while, been someone who have have always been a little hesitant slash worried about having so many studios under you know, these first party umbrellas, mostly because I really like the idea of complete and total creative freedom for studios to do what they want to. But it does sound like that today, more than historically, studios pretty much are getting that still. Uh, that wasn't always the case. You you hear about, you know, publisher meddling uh, in games all the time, but it, it does seem like now, and maybe it's just PR speak and people saying the right things right now, because we're still in the honeymoon phase, but just in general with all these acquisitions, it, it sounds like studios are being acquired and really understanding what that relationship is like before they commit to it, that they know what they're getting themselves into and that they feel comfortable with the direction things are going to go. And from that perspective, then, if it's better for the studio and they feel more comfortable and they have an infusion of cash to really do what they want to or, or bring their game to the next level... I, I think that's good. I don't I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I do anticipate though that eventually over time that no matter how much creative freedom you give a studio or no matter how much you let a culture maintain, there is just always going to be some corporate stickiness when you get into a company of that big, right? It just is kind of part and parcel of being in a company of that size, whether it be Microsoft or PlayStation. Uh, or, you know, Nintendo is a little bit different, I think, because Nintendo really only does Nintendo, like video game stuff. They don't do all of the other things that you see Microsoft as a corporation doing or Sony as a corporation doing. Nintendo is pretty focused as far as the work that they do. Uh, so I, I, I'm anticipating we're still going to see Longtime veterans leaving, forming their own studios that are now suddenly independent again, um, but then maybe getting a cash injection from one of these major players yeah. to kind of do their. So I don't know that the, I don't know that we're going to see like no more ind independent studios, but I, I do think it's going to be uh, a continual, at least for the next few years. Um, I think we're going to continue to see more acquisitions because right now content is king. You have to have the content on your on your platform, um, and the only one who really doesn't worry about that is Nintendo. Not saying that they don't have great games, but their gamers are really, really happy with the handful of like Nintendo like created and developed first party games they get a year. That's really what they want. And then they play Animal Crossing 
for hours and hours and years and years, right? They play Smash Brothers for hours and hours and years and years. That's what Nintendo players do. And that's awesome. That works out really, really well for Nintendo where they don't necessarily need to worry about how many, you know, different studios they have under their umbrella making games for them. So I think it's probably going to continue. I still always wish that these companies stayed independent uh, so they could kind of do whatever they wanted. But I guess I recognize too that Having to go ask someone for money to do what you want is probably not the most yeah. fun thing to have to always try to do. So I, I can imagine the the security um, of being a, a first party studio is probably very appealing for many many people. So sure, cool. All right. Well, with that, we'll move on to the show. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also, Board with VG. We're a proud part of play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, just like Edwin Kahlo, AJ Pentecost, Chris M., Devin Tyus, Joe Wilson, Josh Barboni, Nick Creature, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Caligo, RJ Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, and of course, Horsegirl69. But the most important thing is just that you listen, and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter the type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So Josh, to kick things off this week, what have you been playing? Well, it's been a rough week for game playing. Uh, Lots of work, lots of overtime, um, and... When I was getting home, uh, we were really spending the couple hour, hour or two I had left before bed watching Midnight Mass and finishing that this week, um, which I which I love Eve ten I love ten times more than when I talked about it last time we talked. Oh, that's a that's a lot more ten times. It's it's so good. It's it's a, an incredible show. Uh, what they did was very. Very cool and very original. Um, so, what have I been playing? The question is. So, I okay. Well, if you didn't notice, we own Blaze and the Monster Machines on Xbox. In case you don't know, uh, I, I so, don't know that. <laughs> um, this is a game based on the Nickelodeon show that my son likes. Um, the trailer popped up on YouTube during the week, and I didn't realize. And it also came out the same week, so uh, I just watched the trailer with my son. But what caught my attention was it talked about some of the um, control accessibility features, and there's a thing that has like auto drive as an option, so you can manually steer it, but the auto drive will always be on. So. If he takes his finger off the A button, which is the gas for this game, it will still keep going. Um, or if he stops using the thumbstick, it will still be auto steering for him. So he was able to play through every map, like in in a pretty good amount of time, and and you know it kind of helped him get used to the controls a little bit. But it also has like four players, split screen racing. Um, uh, that was like what we did was like the campaign or story mode. It's, it's hardly that, uh, I would say it's a $40 game. It's really more content wise, a $20 game. So, uh, maybe if wait, if you have kids and you want to play it with them, 
but that was something that we spent some time with playing. Um, something else I spent some time with playing was uh, the Halo Insiders beta. Again, this time they added the big team battles, which was 12v12. Um, <laughs> they also added some map changes for the 4v4 uh, maps, too. I, I do love that Halo is really sticking with big team battle being 12v12. 12 people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you know, and I totally know that's like just historically what it's been, but when you have like games like Battlefield who are just blowing that number out of the yeah. water. But yeah. yeah, big team battle, 12v12. Well, I'll say this. Halo, they do something right because they make that map feel like it's really big and they make it seem like there's 24 people, not 12 on the opposite team. They do a really good job at filling up that map. Um, so you do feel like it's more like a Call of Duty or Battlefield map with considerably less people. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, of course, like my biggest concern is campaign, but, uh, I will play this because it is free to play, uh, when it comes out, uh, full, uh, but I mean, both times I played, we've been playing with at least a full team, which has been nice playing with the people that I know. Um, instead of just solo. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun still. I did start my homework, uh, but I didn't get enough into it to um, give you any reviews on that, except I will say it seems to be borrowing heavily from a game I already know and love called Hand of Fate. Uh, so mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will say that maybe a little too closely at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hand of Fate, man, that is a really underappreciated game. It's super underappreciated. And Hand of Fate 2 is also very good. And it was also free at one point on Epic Game Store, maybe. Okay. I think that's what I have it on, Epic Game Store. Um, so maybe people accidentally claimed it, and now they know they have a game they should be playing, which is a very cool game. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's it. I mean, not much, unfortunately. No, no board games. I'm um, hoping to get a board game to play tomorrow night because we're going away for our anniversary. Uh, so hopefully, I'll have a board game to talk about next week. Excellent, excellent. Well, Josh, like you, I don't have too much on my playing list either. Uh, I have been, well, I should say, too much new. I have been kind of bouncing between. I'm trying to balance way too many games right now because basically any game I've talked about in the last month, I am still playing right now. And it is for what was, you know, I think a lot of us anticipated going to be a down year. My goodness gracious, there are a lot of games that every time I boot up any of the systems I have, I'm like, well, I want to play this, 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 and this. Yes. Well, shoot. Now, which one do I pick? Because I want <laughs> to play all of them. And it's like, how much time do I have? What mood am I in? Because everything is something I want to play right now, which is a great problem to have unless you get analysis paralysis and can't pick. So yeah. then you just watch an episode of The Office. <laughs> you know, like That's true. Which does sometimes happen. But one new game I did start, just to add another game to the mix, is I did start Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, I am a fan of the original life is strange games i played life is strange and before the storm but i have not played life is strange 2 yet uh but i did you know really enjoy the first two i know obviously uh the dialogue sometimes gets a bit of crud uh for being a bit cringy and things like that but in a game like that and really trying to go for that tone and to help put you as best you can into 
the shoes, especially for me, of like a teenage girl, it's yeah. not something I can like super easily relate <laughs> to, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think that having sometimes dialogue or situations that seem quote-unquote more ridiculous or like further than you'd anticipate that they would push something to kind of the cliche side helps you bring it back a bit to yourself of being like well obviously it's not like that but i bet it's probably more like this like it helps you get there because if they went just to the part that's reasonable you might never get to the reasonable part does that make sense yeah i think so yeah, so I, I think that's part of the reason that those games work so much is that they do push um, the cliches a little hard sometimes, but as a result, it gets you to, you know, what they're hoping you get to as far as the reasonable parts go. Um, so with True Colors, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about what goes on in the game because obviously it's a story-driven game, but uh, you play as Alex, who's the new protagonist, going to uh, live with your brother in a small Colorado town with all the trappings of a small colorado town whether it's true or not in my eye in my <laughs> mind it seems like all of these things would be true uh so far of what has happened now some things i will say uh they have definitely stepped up their graphical game this game is really really pretty um it is important to note that this game is by deck nine which are the same people who did before the storm not don't nod who did the original one and the the second one um, so a little bit, you know, st- still published by Square, but kind of has the side studio, if you want to look at it that way, um, working on this. But again, graphically, it looks amazing. Um, really has done a nice job of bringing the world to to life and, and the characters to life. Uh, that's another thing. The character work in this game is really, really good. Uh, there are really unique, thoughtful, like, characters that are not the main character that you just want to go get to know and talk to and um, are kind of endearing uh, in, in ways that I did not anticipate. And another big you know, key for a Life is Strange game is the music is on point. So, so far, uh, it's hitting all the right notes. I'm not super far into it. Um, I'm probably two, two and a half hours in. Um, you know, it, it's it does have its... Um, I don't want to say supernatural, but it's power. You know, that's Life is Strange yeah. games always have some sort of power associated with them. Um, and, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but in this one it is empathy, which sounds, I, I think, a little... It sounds like the dialogue things of the first one of like, wow, this seems kind of cliche, like really pushing you. But once you get it and realize it, um, it's used in the game, it's a really actually interesting and unique storytelling tool and that i think might be why it was chosen i don't know maybe they really wanted to tell a story about relating to others more effectively i guess i'll find out the further i get through the game uh but from a storytelling perspective it's a it's a neat tool it's a neat power that they have um just like being able to rewind time was in the first one it's, a, it's an interesting way um to be able to look at things from different perspectives um or to be able to understand other characters in the game maybe more effectively than you could um, without getting very like ham-fisted in the storytelling um, of characters saying exactly how they're feeling, right? Yeah. Because you can intuit this way a little bit better, which is kind of cool. So if, you know, I'm really enjoying it. It is a, I think a full price game or darn close to a full price game. Um, so I know for some people that might be a turnoff, but if you've enjoyed the previous Life is Strange games or you like the Telltale games or any of that kind of style of game, uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed with this one. Um, if you've never liked those games before, I don't know that I can recommend it at this point. I have liked these games previously, so I'm really enjoying this one. Um, but I don't know that it's doing anything currently 
to that I think would suddenly turn someone onto it that that had not been into these style of games before. But um, I'm hoping to get, finish it this week because usually when I sit down to do these. You know, I kind of just go right through them. Yeah. Uh, that is the nice thing about this one, too, is that it ships all together. So the entire story is in this package. You don't have to wait, you know, for weeks to get the next chapter. Um, yeah. There are chapter breaks still, so you can choose to, like, you know, stop and come back later. Um, but you can just kind of keep going if you want to as well. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see if that impacts their storytelling at all, like knowing that you could just keep going rather than right. having a forced break. Um, but overall, really liking it so far. Um, and like I said, if you've played these games in the past, um, I think you will like them, this one as well. So that's it. And then, Josh, you know, obviously, this week is the week, right? We got Far Cry oh. 6 coming out. We got Alan Wake Remastered coming out. There's something else that I'm forgetting of right off the top of my head coming out. Switch OLED. Is, is that already Friday? Out? Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, so much. So much. So goodness gracious i don't know how yeah. we're gonna keep up with all this stuff we're not <laughs> that's true we're battlefield beta yeah I, yeah anyway i'm enjoying what i'm playing though i'm gonna keep following the fun so that's pretty good so with that we'll move on to our topics of the show this week josh what's your first topic yeah well i did want to mention i forgot um avengers hit game pass and oh, because yeah. i lost my avengers save on the playstation i was like hey i'm thinking i'm bringing my xbox to extra life so I might as well put some a game on here that I might be like enticed to play for like an eight hour stretch. <laughs> right. Uh, so I fired up Avengers and did like the opening um, scene of the of the game, uh, and it looks incredible. Um, I haven't and I haven't played. I hadn't played Avengers on the next gen upgrade on the PlayStation, so I didn't really notice how much of a drastic improvement there is graphically. Uh, and load times too. Uh, so it's very much improved over when I first played it, but I still loved it the first time. So I'm excited to keep playing it on Game Pass now. Do you uh, think you will, like, are you planning just to finish the story and just kind of stop there? Or do you think you'll keep going into like all of the multiplayer stuff again? I will probably finish the story and then do the DLCs. Um, I did enough of the multiplayer stuff in the other one to know what a waste of time it is. Gotcha. Unless I'm playing with somebody. Like if you or Kevin or somebody was like, hey, I, I also have downloaded Let's Play. I'm like, of course, I would love to play with other people. Um, and there's a thing like when you finish the main story, there is a like epilogue uh, story that's considered multiplayer with Taskmaster after the game is over. So there is a little bit more after the campaign. Gotcha. Um, and really quick to build off of everything we were saying. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this coming week, uh, actually FIFA 22 just came out like, on FIFA, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. FIFA. So that came out on Friday and then we have Alan Wake remastered, uh, Jet the Far Shore, which apparently isn't super good. Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, Super Monkey Ball Mania, Far Cry 6, Metroid Dread. Oh, that's right. Metroid and Dread. And then, and also going into next Tuesday, Back for Blood comes out next Tuesday. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> and then we still have... Um, the Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes this month, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is still this month, Solar Ash is coming to PS4 and PS5 this month still, Riders Republic is still coming out, Mario Party Superstars all still this month. Wow. Yeah, that's Josh, how are we going to do this? Well, we have to play Dark Every Pictures. Every single one of those. We all have of to those. play Dark Pictures. Yes, we do. We do. 
that is something we do have to do. So we know anyways, we at least we'll play that. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, so, did not mean to derail us. Uh, no, let's that's get back okay. to your topic. Okay. So uh, my first topic is uh, about yet another video game coming to the board gaming world. Uh, this uh, coming as reported from Dicebreaker.com. Uh, a game that I didn't play, but I seem seems to be very beloved from its fan base. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic, um, the board game is coming out, and it's coming from the um, the gentleman who designed Champions of Midgard, which is a very uh, well regarded worker placement game that I own that I have never played, <laughs> which is basically like my tagline: Josh owns games, but he never plays them. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it looks uh, uh, basically Deep Rock Galactic was a, a mining style game, and they're going to try to bring that to the board game world, where it will uh, stick to the co-op format of the PC and Xbox game, with up to four players venturing into underground caves in search of valuable minerals and other such treasures. Along the way, the players, dwarven heroes, will need to use their high-tech equipment to blast away through the tunnel network and fend off any glyphid enemies they encounter, uh, which look like kind of like tiny little buggy things. Um, so yeah, so it's being brought to the table by uh, Ole or Ole Steinus, who is the creator of Champions of Midgard um, and Go Ship Games is the studio that is doing it as well. So I would say, this is what I'll say, uh, keep your eyes out for Kickstarter. I don't think it says when it's coming to Kickstarter. Uh, but what they do have, if you want to check out Dicebreaker's articles, they do have some pretty um, good, like, rough game art and board stuff. So you can see, like, what their idea is behind the game. Uh, definitely... Uh, looks like they're going to stick to the hex tile expansion thing, but it looks more. I know the game description sounds like Clank, but it looks more like Descent than it does look like Clank. Right, I would agree. Uh, so I think that's cool. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Does this interest you at all? Uh, have you played the the video game version of this? Well, I have not played the video game version. I have. Um wanted to but i i've everyone who has i i've heard talk about the video game version of deep rock galactic has said that it is better with friends so okay sure. that is kind of my understanding of where it goes now one of the things that is fascinating about this is that on deep rock galactic's steam page they have a blog update and as part of the blog update um, is a list of the blog writer, whoever they are. I'm assuming the uh, Soren Lundgren, the CEO of Go Ship Games. Uh, they went through and looked through all Kickstarters looking for every video game that had been turned into a board game and how they did on Kickstarter. <laughs> So, yeah, Josh, how many if you're I don't know if you've looked at this yet. Have you looked at the spreadsheet he made available? I have it up here right now, yeah. Yeah. So 42 games. 42 video games now have board game adaptations. Uh and I think in looking at this, only one that I could see did not fund. Yeah, he said that there were a few that didn't fund, but um uh Or two, excuse me, two that I can see that did not. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, but you know, some of the big ones we've talked about on this show, we've talked about Darkest Dungeons, we've talked about Dark Souls and the Bloodborne game. Uh, I do think that it's interesting how successful or that like the Devil May Cry board game, the Kickstarter goal was 202,000 and it made 214,000. Like I thought it would have made way more than that. Right. But then Jetpack Joyride was like the Kickstarter goal was $8,000 and they made 183. You know, like <laughs> I just didn't know people were still into Jetpack Joyride. I thought that was a game that had maybe kind of passed this by, but apparently not. Uh, so we have talked about how this is a trend we thought we were going to see continue. And clearly this is a trend that video game makers are looking at seeing that people are being successful with it and, and wanting to jump in themselves. So uh, I don't think this is going to slow down at all because of the designer of this game. I am interested in it. Uh, I really like champions of Midgard. I think it's a really great game. Uh, you know, Oli Steinus hasn't designed much else. It's really just been Champions of Midgard, Police Precinct, Police Precinct. Oh my goodness! And then a game called Spurs: A Tale of in the Old West. Like those are his only previous designs. Um, and the only one I've played is Champions of Midgard, but it's a great game. Um, and I say that knowing that it's very challenging to get right now. You can't buy new copies of Champions of Midgard; it's out of print. Um, but it is a great game. So. Knowing that, I feel like from what I know of Deep Rock Galactic, it seems like a reasonable step over uh, into this type of style of game. Um, but yeah, the blog post on their on their Steam page is really in depth. It kind of walks you through everything uh, and, and gives you a lot of uh, perspective on kind of the thought process they went through, how they got to the decision to do this, um, and it's pretty interesting. So I don't know that I will ever play the video game. But I'm going to keep an eye on the board game and see how it does. What about you, Josh? Are you interested in picking up Deep Rock Galactic, the board game? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea that it's four-player cooperative and you can probably play with less than four people. Uh, I like how it looks. I I mean, I just have a bad feeling that it's going to be a $140 game when it hits Kickstarter. Right. And then, it will, and then, I, and then I don't think I would do it. <laughs> I'm literally just looking on eBay right now to see if I should sell my copy of Champions Midgard. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's not going for that much. It's like 80 bucks is like what it's selling. Yeah, 115 bucks for some of these. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, But I mean, I played a lot. I paid a lot less than that for my my copy. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like when I got it, I paid like $40 for it or something like that. So I can include all the expansions in the big box. Maybe I should just sell it for 300 bucks. (laughs) A tidy profit you could sell it for. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, that all that aside, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I like to see more video games making the jump, and I like to see that they're not just doing, um, uh, not that they, not that people are doing this, but they're not just doing like a generic attempt at a board game, video game adaptation. So I like that they're they're putting work into it, and there's lots of pictures of them playtesting at their studio offices, like, uh, and they're giving it time. They're not going to launch a Kickstarter till next year. Yep. Um, so I like all those things. Sounds promising. So I keep my eyes peeled. I would agree. It does seem overall, all things very, very positive. So anything else about Deep Rock Galactic, Josh? Nope. Awesome. All right. So for my first uh, topic this week, um, and this comes from the fine folks over at ICV2, but Asmodee and Days of Wonder have announced Ticket to Ride Play Pink a limited edition train and station set that supports the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Um, so this is from Jeffrey Dom Sanchez over there again, at, like I said, at IC, ICV2. 
And it says, Asmodee and Days of Wonder announced Ticket to Ride Play Pink, a limited edition trading station set for release in November. Ticket to Ride Play Pink is a result of a fundraising charity partnership led by Days of Wonder and Asmodee to raise money for the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. The training station set is colored in BCRF Pink as a symbol of support. Also, part of the proceeds from the sale of each Play Pink set goes towards the fight against breast cancer. This product was made as a limited edition and comes in a tin box. Each set will retail for $4.95 with $2. What's that? Great price. Amazing price. With $2 going towards BCRF from each sale. Days of Wonder will also release Ticket to Ride Track Switcher, a new Ticket to Ride solo adventure this October, which we've talked about previously yeah. uh, on the show, something that we're both interested in. So, Josh, number one, uh, are you going to pick up this Play Pink set for Ticket to Ride? Absolutely. Uh, I didn't know the price until you just talked about it. Five bucks, easy. And especially knowing money is going towards um, the charity. So... Yeah, I'll definitely pick it up for five bucks and throw it into my uh, limited edition 10th anniversary box or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. That is an excellent price. I thought it was going to be far more than that. Um, and honestly, potentially, how depending on how much it would have been, I, st- I would have paid more than $5. But I, I do like that at $5, uh, it feels like you're getting a good value. And it also means that more people can potentially purchase this than if it was a $25 Super special edition, but hey, feel good about yourself because you're giving a charity um, yeah. situation. So I think five bucks is good. But Josh, with that done, this is that I can recall the first time I really recall a separate bit or thing for a board game specifically being done for charity purposes. That like, hey, buy this thing, special yeah. limited edition, money's going to charity. Um, I know in video games this happens from time to time. Um, I remember I bought an overwatch skin for mercy that part of the money also went to breast cancer research so uh, you know this is a thing that does happen from time to time but josh this made me wonder what other types of bits or bops in board games would i be more than happy to buy in a special edition to support you know either breast cancer research foundation or another charity are there other things out there or other um you know bits from games that you'd be like hey i think this would be a great option or a great way to raise some money for a for a foundation or for an organization yeah every everyone should do this i don't know if you remember back in the day when tabletop day was actually a thing that people celebrated before they changed the date and mess everyone up yeah um but those promos that they would drop were incredible dice tower has has so many promos all the time they could easily get someone to make things like this for uh, disease awareness or or any types of fights. But yeah, I don't know why you don't. Every company doesn't put out a pink pieces for sale in in breast cancer awareness month to celebrate and donate to that. I mean, just think of uh, you could make a survivor in Dead of Winter who was a breast cancer survivor then charge five bucks for that character yeah to put him in your game like there's a lot of different things you could do you could put pink pieces in any game uh games with with narrative you could add characters who um i mean i guess you could run into that um like cliche of like people accusing you of capitalizing on someone suffering but if you're donating that money towards the charity and right. it's done tastefully. I think it's it still could work out. 
yeah, I do think that it it is something that probably should be done thoughtfully and, and carefully. But I I agree that there are this is the untapped area um, to help people support meaningful causes that maybe otherwise would have been very challenging for them to or to be honest like maybe they wouldn't have thought of right like right. how many people have been like well you know it's my it's that month again gonna donate five dollars like a lot of people just don't have that in their schedule or in their thought process about ways to do it but seeing things like this come up i think it, it does make it easy now i i do want to say i don't think you know i i would worry that if too many people did this then suddenly it might be a little too overwhelming or a little too um well i, I can't support everything so i'm going to support nothing type of a situation yeah sure sure you know but i i do think this is a cool first step and uh, you know since ticket to ride is doing it the next super easy one to me is Catan. yeah for sure you know like they could easily make like a nice little pink set for the roads and the and the and the cities and all that good stuff and the and that would be a neat way to go. Um, but I do hope we see more of this because this is something I'm going to see if I can track down because I think it seems really cool. Um, and hopefully other board game companies think of ways that they can do this um, within their games to support, you know, other charities that they're they're passionate about. So uh, anything else about Ticket to Ride Play Pink, Josh? Nope. I think it's great. Cool idea. Awesome. What is your next topic this week, Josh? Okay, so uh, something that that uh, we found out about just a few days ago, I believe, um, and I only knew about this because you guys were chatting about it in the Discord, um, Sony has started to add game trials as a feature to the PlayStation 5. Um, right now, the feature is live, uh, supposedly just in the UK. So we, you know, uh, hopefully it will come over to us as well, um, where you have Death Stranding Director's Cut, not just Death Stranding, um, and Sackboy, a big adventure, um, where you're allowed to uh, download the game, and it will say download trial instead of just like buying it, and it will tell you in the details like how long you have to play. So for Death Stranding, you can play uh, six hours of playtime. And for Sackboy, it's five hours. Um, but the it your trial time starts as soon as you start downloading the game. So if you are a victim of slow internet connection, this will not be great. I mean, realistically, you can still get a couple hours out of the demo, which should be enough to let you know if you want to buy it. But... Um, that is kind of a bummer that that they don't have the timer start once you start the game, right? Um, so you know that is kind of a bummer. Uh, that being said, I don't know. Like this is something that Xbox isn't doing. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, aside from Game Pass, but that's not free. You're paying for Game Pass, so it is nice to see this. Um, a step in this direction. Now, I'm not sure if this is like a reaction from Sony for some of their games not moving, like kind of what happened with Days Gone um, and maybe even the first Death Stranding. Like maybe this is their way of going like, oh, hey, like Sackboy didn't move as many units as we thought. Maybe people just didn't want to make the 50 or $60 investment on this game. And if we get um, this essentially just a demo, but the trial is going to let them play as far as they want within the time period. Um, 
maybe this will like entice them to buy the game is really what I'm thinking it must be. Uh, because it seems like a lot of work on their end for them to just be like, hey, let's start game trials. <laughs> like, I don't know that that's like something that they needed to do unless it's something where they, they're trying to move product, uh, which is still fine. Like they're, they're a business trying to make profit and this is a pro-consumer move for the most part, I think. What do you think about this uh, this thing they're doing with the game trials? So this actually is the realization of a promise on the PlayStation 4 during the original PlayStation 4 reveal Whoa. that they basically talked about, if I recall correctly, and this is, I, I didn't look this up, but I, I remember, I, distinctly remember this happening and this was the reason they purchased gaikai was that you were going to be able to go into the store and be like oh this game seems cool and play a trial of that game immediately from the store for a certain amount of time and then decide if you want to purchase it or not that was like the promise of the ps4 that obviously never happened on ps4 and obviously here they're not using gaikai or playstation now because you have to download it but it seems like this is the perfect thing to use Gaikai Force to allow you to start playing this trial while you download it in the background so that you can actually get the full amount of time out of it, right? Yeah. So the time thing is a miss. Like this, they, there has to be a way for them to be able to start your timer once you launch the game to play it. Right. Right. Like that, I feel like that has to be something they should be able to do. So that is something that they should fix. But I even think about like the 10 hour trials you get with um, EA Play. play yes. Like, yeah. Once you launch it, the game, the the timer starts. But then, like, if you just like don't actually quit the game, like you just like go it back to your home going. screen, like the timer keeps going, right? Yeah. Like so you have to actually quit and things like that. And I, I feel like if they could work something like that in, it would definitely be better. But you're right. I think this is a good decision. I, I would like to see this continue and to be expanded more significantly. Obviously, for third party games, uh, they'd have to get permission, you know, yeah. from the other people to do it. But for their first party games, I think this is a really good way um, to hopefully uh, encourage more people to try things out and and be able to buy games without having to take, uh, you know, a flyer on it and be like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this, you know, and, re- and really um, give that a shot. And I think it makes it easier too, so you don't have to worry so much about refunds right like let's people try it and if they don't like it then they're not going to buy it and if they yeah. like it they'll buy it and they're probably not you know after playing it for 90 minutes be like uh forget it and then try to get a refund for the game right like i think it is all positive for the most part like i can't really think of a huge negative to this system um and since they're doing it for their first party games and clearly are thoughtful about like how far can you get in the game by based off how much time they're giving everyone right, right. like it can be a unique amount of time per game so even if you have a game that's short this could still work other than if it takes you the entire length of time of the game to down, to, that you're allowed to do the trial to download the game that would be a problem yeah but yeah I, I think this is the start of something that could be very very good they do need to work out that timer situation uh but i i think this is a great move i hope to that they continue to do this um and that we see this expanded to more territories and to more games um and that this kind of becomes par for the course that's really what i like i'd love to see do you have other thoughts josh no no i mean we covered it all i think it's uh, a good step forward yeah so yeah man that back in the day when every game was gonna have a demo and then that just never happened <laughs> but this also saves from having to make demos right because 
usually demos are like this other bespoke thing you have to do or have to put a wall in somewhere. Yeah. Here, you can just release the game and let people start it, and boom, there you go. So, all right, Josh, my second topic is that the Game Awards are officially returning December 9th. But in what is a startling move, Josh, Jeff Keighley has asked you and I to put together the list of games we're hoping to see at the show. Mm. So important thing to know here that this is, you know, from our perspective, if we were Jeff Keighley trying to put together the Game Awards for December 9th, what games will we try to go after? What reveals will we try to get? What trailers would we want to see? What updates on you know existing games would we be going for? So that's really kind of the intent here of if we were Jeff Keighley and building the show, what would we be going for? Right. So before we kind of get to that, though, uh, Josh, are you excited about the Game Awards? Yeah, I think I genuinely enjoy them. Um, I don't know that excited is the right word i think just i will watch it when it's on yeah uh, because we always do we do always get surprises from the game awards and uh ironically they don't focus so much on the awards as they do new content uh which is fine it's like the mtv of music videos now it's like hey come watch the game awards where you'll see 15 awards given out pre-show right. two awards given out during the show four musical acts that you don't want to listen to and then two surprises that no one even knew were a thing that was coming out. <laughs> right. But also, like, one thing that you wanted, that you, like, watched at the least, whole time for. Yeah, at least one thing <laughs> you, know? you... And he'll he'll usually tease that out, like, a week or two before, like, get ready to see some this about this game. And then they, he won't say anything else. Right. So, as I was thinking about this, Josh, I kind of broke things down. I kind of actually wrote a list. I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I wrote a list. Um... And I divvied it up into the three first parties and then just third party stuff as a whole. Um, so how how do you want to tackle this? Do you want to talk about each of the first parties and talk about third party stuff? Or do you have a way you'd like to approach? This is your planning? show. You, you, you run it how you want. All right. Well, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna plan the show for Jeff Keighley here. Um, and I realized I totally spelled his name wrong. Uh, thanks, spell check. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to. Just start with first thing yeah, though did. that I, yeah it's way wrong way wrong Jog um, Jog Kylie <laughs> yeah you know I got I was close um, the first thing that I'm doing for our good friend Geoff um, is I'm reaching out to Hideo Kojima right because like it's it's Jeff Keeley like, he doesn't need to reach out they're like bunk they're bits. BFFs they like live yeah. together I don't know what they're the best deal is. buds <laughs> um, so obviously that is kind of like. I assume if Kojima can be there, he will be there. Mm-hmm. If you know if, he, if there's anything he's allowed to talk about yet, he'll be there talking about it. But with that out of the way, uh, let's just talk about like each party, like, each of the first parties and third party. Then, sure. Um, so, Josh, when I was thinking about this, like I said, what I did is I literally thought about like, okay, if I was trying to put together this show for December 9th, not what are all my dream things, not what are like the ideal things that I I would be like, oh, this would make it amazing. But yeah. realistically, like, what do I think I could get? Mm-hmm. Um, so starting, Josh, with Xbox, what are the things that you think realistically we might see at the Game Awards? Well, I know you say realistically, but then I have to remember they debuted the Xbox Series X at the Game Awards. <laughs> right, which helps give us some perspective on right. what is realistic. But no, Absolutely. Yeah, that was like out of the realm of reality the last time when that happened. But that doesn't mean that we can't get one big crazy yeah. thing then. 
Um, I think if we're going to talk about what's going to be their big thing is I think we're going to see gameplay for Fable. And I don't think it's going to be much, but we already got the cinematic for Fable a year and a half ago. Right. So I think um, it's it's no secret that Playground is working on this game, um, that they spent a lot of time shifting their people over to it once Forza was mostly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horizon 5, I mean. And, uh, you know, they when we see so many games show content uh, for something that is two, three years out, we can definitely see something from Fable. So, do you think that is that Fable is the kind of big feather right now? Like that's what everyone wants from Xbox is to to see Fable. Is that like the biggest thing that they could get right now? Number one. Number two. Do you think Xbox does another show still this year? Or are they done for sh- their shows? Uh, they'll do one more of that awful show they do inside Xbox. Okay. Uh, for sure. They'll do, I'm sure they'll do one more in November. Um, Cause they're going to have to show some halo campaign. They kind of have to do okay. it and they might as well do it on their own stage. Um, I think, I don't think fable is the feather in their hat because not everyone will play fable. It is a very specific audience, but there's, there's enough fable fans where it is a huge deal for them but i don't know that they're it's like a dangerous line they're walking because if they try to change fable too much from the original fable to maybe get a bigger audience they're risking losing their core audience because fable fans are going to be mad if this game isn't stick to the fable formula of the first Mm -hmm. i would say two and a half because three did kind of take on a different approach to Fable, which split up a lot of Fable fans. Uh, so I, I'm just, I'm mostly curious to see where they're going to go with it. But um, yeah, I don't know that they have a big giant feather to put in their hat. But it was Halo and it's not anymore. Um, so I think like, I think Donnie has said this before, like Forza has become the Xbox game. And that's crazy yeah. for a studio to be relying on a racing game to be there come to my console because racing games is also very tough it's not every for everyone right but they do still they do sell really well oh like for the sure people who like racing games love racing games so yeah they're consistently good sellers um okay so fable i had that fit into one of my thoughts that i had but it won't make sense until i talk about my other two thoughts so <laughs> do you have other things then that you think you'd want to see from Xbox or Jeff Keighley would love to have on his stage from Xbox that are realistic. And again, since they revealed the series X there, a lot of things are realistic. Yeah. I do think that there's a lot of Xbox stuff that just kind of already exists out there that, um, they could show stuff for, I just went past like age of empires, but people are kind of like, if you're excited for it, you're excited for it. They're not going to win anyone over. Well, isn't that out? It's not out yet. But it's oh, out, it'll, it'll be, be out, out before, before the game oh, you're awards. Right. It'll be out before yeah. that. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, I, honestly, with all the talk of this Kojima potential Kojima Xbox deal, like that would be the big one for Microsoft, right? Not like yeah. they're not getting him exclusively, but to say they're going to get a game from him, that would be huge 
for Microsoft. And especially to talk about it with his good friend, Jeff Keighley. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, I know like Keeley's not like a PlayStation shill, but sometimes it comes across like he is. Uh, he's more of a Kojima shill, right? <laughs> he's like, yes. I will <laughs> sell you anything that Kojima's doing. Yes, he will. But if they can talk about, if that's going to happen, and if we can, uh, if they could get Kojima out there with like an Xbox t-shirt on or something uh, to talk about his new project, even if he doesn't have content, um, that would be big for them. And I think also um, if they can get Starfield up there in some in some way with gameplay, I know it's super early in development. Um, but I think that'll be big for Xbox also. Well, it's not super early in development. It's going to be out in a year. I mean, supposedly, right? (laughs) So, I mean, they planted that flag a long way ahead of time. So I I feel like they got to be pretty confident about that, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know anymore. (laughs) I'm not confident Um, in anyone's confidence anymore. So a couple things that I had put. um, Number one. And, and this is, again, I don't know that this is going to happen, but I'm thinking from, like, a Jeff Keighley perspective that it would be cool of, like, I would want to have, since Halo comes out the day before, right, October, December 8th, is that when Halo comes out? I think so, yeah. So, having someone from Xbox, Phil, whoever it might be, on stage being like, hey, we launched Halo yesterday, and it's the biggest launch in Halo history, something like that, and here's what you have to look forward to in the world of Halo. Like... That like roadmap type like <laughs> Co-op here's campaign. what we're <laughs> well kind of yeah so like yeah, here's yeah, what's yeah. coming like you know in the next three to six months you know in Halo I yeah. excuse me I think they he would love to have and I think he, as a person who's going to be playing Halo I would love to see as well like I yes. would love to see the hey we launched it was amazing thank you all biggest launch ever yada 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 here's what's coming in the next three to six months for you the Halo player um, I think would be something that Keeley would love to have. Um, the other thing, and then this actually, I had written this down, and then I saw the rumor, so I kind of feel prophetic. Uh, is that Hellblade Two, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that was shown when the Xbox Series X was announced. So we haven't seen that game since then. So it seems like a natural place for us to see it again would be at the Game Awards, um, and, and have them really be like, "Hey, here's where we're at now." Um, maybe it's still 2023, maybe it's 2022, who knows? Uh, but at least getting some sort of update as to where that game is. Um, and my last other like kind of big thing is that I put <laughs> very vaguely one big other quote unquote get. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote just a li- like fable I wrote down. Like I know they just released um, Forza or will have just released Forza Horizon, but maybe an update date on Forza Motorsport um, avowed contraband the game from avalanche that they're working on or like gameplay stuff from like redfall just something that we kind of already know about but we haven't really seen actual stuff for yet i think would be really kind of what i would be shooting for if i was just keely like and like i said there's so many things that we know are happening but we don't like know what they actually are yet you know yeah that is the cool thing about like uh, xbox has is like there's both like known quantities but then like intrigue about what those known quantities are actually going to deliver like what is the game going to be yeah yeah agreed um anything else with xbox josh that you would like to see there think would be good to see there anything else that you think will be like wow xbox did this thing 
I mean, they'll, I, they certainly are capable of surprising me, but right now, uh, I'm just not vibing with Xbox. Like I'm not feeling as excited as I used to be. And it's probably just because I haven't seen much from them and everything I have seen from them has gotten delayed with the exception of Forza Horizon 4 5. <laughs> but I, are you telling me that that month of Forza Horizon 5, Halo, that you're not going to be like all in on Xbox stuff for that month? No, of course I am. I mean, Forza will have me going for for months, for a year. Right. Halo, it really depends. I don't know what to expect from the Halo campaign. There's definitely been some mediocre Halo campaigns out there. So true. It, it might not be good and... and uh, it might not even be finished. I don't know what we're going to be walking into with that. Uh, the, the the multiplayer feels good. I've definitely had some glitches, but that's a beta. That's what a beta is for. Right. Um, so I, I am constantly wanting to be blown away by Microsoft at this point. So I'm not, I'm not losing faith. I'm just not as excited as I used to be. Gotcha. Okay. So let's then transition a little bit. Let's talk about PlayStation. Um, Now, one thing that is potentially curious about this is there are pretty significant rumors of PlayStation doing an event in December. Okay. And that, and obviously we don't know if that's true, but for me then it made it really hard of trying to parse out like, okay, if they're doing this, if PlayStation is going to do a December event, what does that mean for their attendance and what they're going to show at the Game Awards? Like, how do those things go hand in hand? And you know, part of me wanted to just set that rumor aside and be like, well, you don't know that's happening. So if I'm Jeff Keighley, what am I going for? Right. Um, but also just trying to a little bit temper because PlayStation has definitely done some stuff at the Game Awards, but I don't think to maybe the same extent that we have seen from other people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Josh, do you have thoughts on what you would shoot for or hope for from PlayStation at the Game Awards? Well, I mean, if we're going to guess that they're doing a state of play in December, I think that they put out, they can put out shorter things and then at the end of them say see more at the state of play on december fill in the blank right uh, which wouldn't be terrible that'd be like a good compromise for for keely for least. sure definitely um i think we need to see another cinematic gameplay trailer for horizon something that shows off a different area like maybe like the, at the volcano part or whatever or shows mm-hmm. off a new um bad guy type something along those lines um, just to keep people, I know people are, will always be excited, but to keep that hype train going right into February, uh, for spoken, I think definitely we can see some more gameplay from that. Um, I think Sony also has this benefit where if you watch a state of play, there's a bigger chance that you have a PlayStation and now you have an audience of all different console owners. Right. So wouldn't it be horrible for them to show some content they already showed? In this last state of play that we got, with had agreed one hundred percent big total game like big games. Uh, I would love to see a new announcement for another Astrobot game, mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a little PSVR two tease, but I think that's probably too far off. Yeah, so and that's part of where the rumor comes in is that that PSVR two stuff, the initial like showing of games and stuff is going to be at this December event. Okay, okay. Um, so it wouldn't suppo- be too far off. Yeah, because supposedly, and again, who knows, uh, that the state of play that we just had in September was supposed to be an hour, but that 20 minutes uh, that was pulled out was all PSVR 2. So, okay. who knows? Who knows if that's right, but that's what people are saying. 
you know, them insiders. Um, I agree with you about Horizon. That was on my list, uh, you know, that we would be a little over two months from release at that point. I, I don't know that we're going to hear much about Horizon between then and now other than blog posts and all that typical stuff that we see from them. So getting it in front of people's eyes, showing them one more time, like you said, maybe a different area or something that's unique or, or different or or separates, you know, something that you didn't experience in the first game. Uh, I think they want to kind of get pe- more people's eyes on. Uh, I am still convinced and probably wrongly, but I, I still feel like we're going to get DLC for Returnal. So Ooh, that would be cool. So I think that would be a really good place, especially if it was like out now or like out soon or something like that. Uh, that's something that I could see potentially happening since we also have never heard anything since they talked about the, well, we're looking at mid run saves and we haven't heard anything since they said that they were going to do that. (laughs) Um, we've gotten some just general like security, like, you know, stability updates to the game, but we've never heard anything since then about that. So I could see that potentially happening. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. And then the last thing I think that we're is, I don't want to say a shoe in, but I, I would be confident um, or not surprised in seeing is getting a another trailer, maybe the same trailer, updated trailer for um, uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, the PS5 oh, PC yeah. um, of Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy um, and getting like a release date because I think it just said like early 2022 is what it had originally said. Um, so getting something a little more in stone with that game, I think, is kind of the safe bets Um I think from PlayStation, like seeing those things is kind of where I'm sitting as far as that goes. So anything else PlayStation wise, Josh? Uh, I think I had something, but I forget what I was thinking. So no. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, then, you know, on to, you know, a, a company that has shown some pretty surprising stuff at the Game Awards in the past. Nintendo, Josh. That's um, yeah. That's the other company out there. <laughs> yeah, like you, you know, we can't get a final Smash Fighter because that's going to be re- revealed here in October. Uh, they've already said that. Yeah, and that's kind of been a, a pretty standard spot for us is getting a Smash Fighter at the Game Awards. So, uh, what else? What, what are we going to get from Nintendo at the Game Awards, Josh? What's Jeff Keighley going to go for? Okay, well, we're definitely going to see uh, more of the new Pokemon game. Yeah, the Breath of the Wild Pokemon game, which actually yeah. I will admit looks. Pretty cool. Uh, I, 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 Josh, you know what? <laughs> this might be the first Pokemon game I ever play. Yeah, I mean, it does <laughs> look pretty cool. I will say that. Um, uh, we still need to see more uh, Mario Rabbids 2, so uh, I think we'll see some more of that. Uh, as far as being able to guess what Nintendo has up its sleeves, I got no clue. Maybe they're now they're going to wait for Mario Kart 9 to be like to release like a little trailer for that. I think that Mario Kart 9 is going to be a game where it comes out like a month after they announce it too, because it'll be done. Because it's going to yeah. use Mario Kart 8 engine. <laughs> it's just going to be new maps and new characters. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out and it's like, hey, it's available uh, December 21st, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> right. And people are going to be like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get this for my kids. You're, you're disappointing my kids who are watching this. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, honestly, like we talked about how I feel like so much out of the loop with Nintendo. Like, right. uh, I, I'm at a point where everything they announce is a surprise to me, and I just am not excited about any of it. <laughs> so I don't know, like, what maybe a new Donkey Kong Country. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to ask if you enjoyed being out of the loop and having things be surprises or not, but it doesn't do. sound like you're enjoying it. Oh, okay. no, I do enjoy it, but I just. 
like my disconnect with Nintendo is still that thing. So like, even though I'm getting surprised by stuff, I'm not excited about what's the surprises. Like, I know I should probably be excited for Bayonetta 3. That seems like it was a pretty big surprise right. for people at that, at that. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's still a game that's coming out that has been delayed forever. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, 17, is that when we saw that the first time? Yeah. So, I, that's you where I kind of like, if they do a Metroid Prime thing, like, that's fine. I just, I, I did not like the Metroid Prime trilogy. Um, so that's not for me either. So I'm happy for the people who will get to see these things, but uh, I don't even know that I can confidently predict things from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's a tough one, and and like you said, we're more on the fringes of Nintendo. So I'm sure that you know people over the Nintendo Shack could probably nail this uh, just fine, and you and I are yeah. like bumbling through here. But uh, the big two, I only had two big ones for Nintendo. I think that we'll probably see more Pokemon Legends and of some sort. Like there's going to show more either a trailer or talk about something special or unique about that game. So I think we'll get something there. Uh, and the other thing I put, and this is kind of a cop-out, is just DLC for a recently released game. <laughs> They're going to announce some sort of yeah. season pass or DLC or something because, you know, Nintendo really has gotten on the DLC train. And not that they haven't been previously, but it is, I don't want to say like 100% a guarantee, but it feels like almost... Like, for sure, there's going to be some additional content you can get for most Nintendo games, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so I, I just feel like, especially with having um, Mario Party and, you know, Metroid Dread and, like, all these other things coming out, like, there's going to be some sort of announcement for DLC, Season Pass, something um, yeah. for a game that came out sometime this fall. So, all right, Josh, then with that, into the plethora of what could be third-party announcements. Now, one thing that Jeff Keighley... I think has done pretty well is it has incorporated indie developers into all the things that he does. Yes. And the hard part is, is that there are so many indie developers that we don't even know exist because they're working on their first game that are then suddenly going to be announced at this event that (laughs) hard to predict those ones, right? Like I I think we will have some indie games and be like, Oh, look at that. That's really cool. Uh, But those are always tough to predict. The one thing I will say when it comes to third party though, and especially independent developers, um, if I'm Jeff Keeley, even if I'm pretty confident they have nothing to show yet, I am reaching out to Supergiant. I was just going like, to say hey, Supergiant. <laughs> I was like, remember how well that went over when we showed Hades and then everyone got it and they were like in early access and like, and I'm like I said, I, I'm guessing that Supergiant, because of how small they are, because of the fact that we just got Hades on all the other systems in August, yeah. I, I don't anticipate they have anything to show right now, but maybe they do. Who knows? Right. But if I'm Jeff Keeley, if they do... I want to show it at the Game Awards. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. So outside of that, then, and moving on from that, Josh, what are the third-party things do you think we'll see? Do we hope we see? What do you think Jeff Keighley's going for? I mean, it's about time that we finally get, we finally spill something on Silent Hill. I think that we need to find out something. <laughs> like, even <laughs> if it's just, a, yeah, even if it's just a title screen, like an acknowledgement that what everyone knows is happening is happening. Uh, I think we see some gameplay from the Dead Space remake. Hold on, real quick. You said what everyone knows is happening is happening. What does what is happening with Silent Hill? A Silent Hill thing is being made <laughs> by who? Nobody. How knows. many projects are there? <laughs> That's why we, we all know, though, Josh. We all know that Silent Hill is being worked on. We just don't know anything else besides that. So that's the gotcha. stage to tell us. Okay. Uh, yeah, some gameplay for Dead Space for sure. Um. And I think it's also time for us to see what Skull and Bones looks like now. 
I know wow. there's screenshots out of some of the redesign. I think it's about time they showed us and get us excited again. I think I think it's changed for the better. It lo- at least from what I saw, um, it looks more like pirate. Uh, looks more like Black Flag than Sid Meier's Pirates, which is what the first Skull and Bones looked like. It was like a Sid Meier's it- Pirates. If you're Ubisoft and you are yeah. like re-revealing this game to the world, do you do this at the Game Awards or do you do it at Ubisoft Forward? You do it at the Game Awards because everyone's watching. Okay. Not everyone's watching Ubisoft Forward, but you give them a reason to watch Ubisoft Forward. Like you, you got. I know that. Like, and this is probably why Microsoft revealed the Xbox the way they did. Love it or hate the Game Awards, it gets millions of views. Way more than Ubisoft would ever be able to touch with the Ubisoft Forward, which is probably like 300,000 on YouTube. Like, they won't even touch it. Yeah, I think the only two who probably can feel confident in their own views are, and this isn't trying to be a fanboy, is PlayStation and Nintendo. I agree, 100%. They're the the ones when they do their events, the views there are pretty ridiculous. In fact, like PlayStation's um, current slate of things actually surpasses their typical E3 pressers that they did as far as the number of people who watch them so yeah i agree and like in, in xbox people just wait until after the show because they don't want to watch the boring interviews in between <laughs> trailers which i understand 100 percent um i think we also have to see um some more elden ring too because that just seems to be the thing that everybody wants uh not me well, but <laughs> and they'll be what six weeks from release at that point because it's yeah, end of january supposedly so. Yeah, Supposedly. unless it gets delayed, which it probably will get delayed. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff. I would love to see some more Gotham Knights, like maybe some gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through this list of other games coming out. Um, maybe we see some more Plague Tale, but there's a lot. Uh, me, selfishly, I want to see more about Hogwarts Legacy. Right. Uh, I, but I just don't know what's going on with that game now. Yeah. So maybe we'll see more. I don't know. Uh, hopefully we don't see any more Arc 2 forever. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, everything else I think is just like uh, really surprises. I don't think we'll see um, Dragon Age at all. Although I thought we would have seen them at E3 and they didn't. So that would be why I don't yeah. think we'll hear from them until next year. Yeah. And yeah, actually, you're pretty in line with a lot of the third party things that I had written down. I wrote down Elden Ring just because he had he shoot, showed it, shown it, saw it, we saw it at over the summer <laughs> yes. on his event. Like that was the first time that we really saw the gameplay. So Jeff Keighley really seems to like to continue the legacy and be able to see like we first saw this game at like something yeah. tied to him. He really likes to continue those things. So that's why I think we'll see Elden Ring. Um, I like you had mentioned a, a Plague Tale Requiem. I had that listed as too as something that seems, um, you know, big enough that uh, people will talk about it, but not so big that it's just out of the realm of possibility that he'd be able to get it. Um, I put WB Games probably Gotham Knights as opposed to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League just because Gotham Knights is first. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense that we would see that one first. I also put down Hogwarts Legacy. Um, there are rumors that that is going to be shown within the next couple of weeks or at the Game Awards. Okay. So I, I think that okay. makes sense um, that we'll see that. Uh, in addition to that, though, the other things I wrote down that we might see or or if I was Jeff Keighley, I would be trying to get on stage. Um, some might say this is being overdone, uh, but because it got delayed, Dying Light 2. 
yeah. trying to get yeah. another trailer for that. I, I feel like would be a good fit for them since, you know, it's like, hey, this is not coming out in February. So they have to keep their publicity train rolling, even though the game got delayed. Um, so I could see that happening um, again, having him tie back to we just saw this announced at uh, Gamescom opening night live. Here's more information on Saints Row. You know, like right, I, I really right. could see, I could, I could see that one happening. Um, same again with Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, yes. I, I feel like we're gonna see that train continue to go. Um, and then maybe the two other ones to me that are a little less certain, but I, I think he would definitely want um, Destiny Two, with them having their big update coming out in February. I think that he would he would love to have some Destiny love on the stage. Um, and then Lord of the Rings Gollum. Like this that is game supposed looks to be 2020. So I know, but this is supposed to be a 2022 game. It's got the Lord yeah. of the Rings license. You know, Keeley tends to like big license things. Um, and you know, we th- this game hasn't gotten too much like main stage showtime anywhere yet. Yeah. So I, I could see him really wanting to be like, oh, look at this reveal into the world of this game that we all know is coming, but we all keep forgetting about. Um, I, I could really see him focusing on that. Now, obviously, there's a ton of other games, um, a ton of really big games. I, w- I was trying to think of like what Ubisoft might show there and all this other stuff. But I, I think these for me seem to be like, if all this stuff happened, I'd be like, that was a really good show. Yeah. Even though some of those yeah. games I'm not super interested in. <laughs> um, if I'm Keely, like that's what I'm shooting for knowing that I'm probably going to get 30% or 40% of what I'm shooting for. Right. Sure. Sure. Do you think we'll, we'll see Diablo four? Do you think they would have the guts to show that there? No, no way. I, I don't so they don't get booed see... out of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, unless they do, and oh man, because I think they said that BlizzCon is going to be go back to November next year, right? Because they did in yeah. February this year, right? It was yeah, it was really early this year. Yeah, so I think they said in 2022 is going back to November. So I bet we're, we don't see Diablo Four until next BlizzCon. Next, okay. Yeah, like November next year or October, whenever it is. I feel like it's in like October, November. Because is it sad that the way I place uh, when BlizzCon is, is when they used to do the Overwatch World Cup. It always happened <laughs> in concert with BlizzCon. <laughs> so I remember it was like in late fall or mid fall. Um, but anyway, so anything else, Josh, with uh, Keeley, the Game Awards, anything else you think we might see there? Anything else you want to chat about in relation to that? I mean, if Joseph Ferris is working on something new, we'll see that. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm sure he is. It's just though, since... It takes two. Just came out this year, which is crazy. I don't to know think that we're going to see it, but he might still be there because I'm sure that game's going to get nominated for some stuff, and it will win. I'm sure something. Yeah, best family game. Ouch. <laughs> 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 so. Best worst family game. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, uh, but I am looking forward to the Game Awards. I, I think it should be a good time, and it, I I I wonder if with typical award shows like the mainstream award shows oscars academy awards like all that stuff with those significantly decreasing in viewership and the game awards increasing in viewership i wonder if we're going to start to see like those traditional award shows start to take on uh more of like what the game awards is doing is of like being like a celebration of the medium yeah. um, and be like, Hey, here's like the first trailer for this thing that you are all super excited about. And that the awards become like less and less important in them. I wonder if that's going to start to happen because, you know, watching who like watching who wins something when you can read it in two minutes the next day and get like a complete recap. Yeah. Uh, isn't super exciting, you know? Agreed. So 
Awesome. All right, with that, we're going to move on to our prediction time. Obviously, we record on Sunday nights and our episodes post on Tuesday. So we want to, you know, try to make a prediction of what big news that happens on Monday that we miss out on. So, uh, Josh, what is your prediction for this week? (laughs) Uh, Halo gets delayed until 2022. When you say that, are you talking the entire experience or just the campaign? Oh, the whole thing. I think after uh, two weekends of big beta, I think they're going to they're going to delay it fully. They can just be like, okay, we got this player base. They'll hit, they're here. They'll play. Let's delay it. So everything comes out at the same time. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but if we're like going on predictions, I don't think that's a crazy one. I mean, you're probably right. I don't know. That is a crazy prediction either. It'd be a, a bummer of a prediction, but I don't know. That's a crazy prediction. That's for sure. Um, huh. I probably should have thought of a prediction prior to getting to here. So here's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, my prediction is that we are going to get the announcement of, you know, to stay in theme with the with the title of the episode. Uh, Xbox is going to announce an acquisition of a studio or a publisher, one of the two, because it's okay. time. It's time. They have they. There was all these big rumors of a huge, huge acquisition happening. Um, and it was said it was supposed to happen within like a month, and it's been like a month. So let's go. Let's 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 figure out what it is. All right. So with that, we're going to move on to our listener questions. We do have a listener question this week. So Josh, why don't you take us through it? We do. Coming in on Twitter uh, from Splig at Dopalicious uh, says, "Hey, uh, at board with VG, uh, card drafting games versus deck building games. What's a more satisfying win, and what's more fun to?" Uh, and I think he says, in, in what's more fun to build, the deck uh, pre-made or build as you go? Uh, so it's not what the difference is. It's what's more satisfying. What's a more satisfying win? And what's more fun to build, the deck pre-made or build as you go? I mean, it depends on the game, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Ascension is a much different style of deck building game than legendary mm-hmm. because you have pre you could play with as many cards as you want in ascension and legendary you have to pick a certain amount of heroes to play with and then you build your deck based on that um a card drafting game versus that so like a seven wonders Versus, I don't know that you can really compare them to deck building, uh, because really with card drafting games, you're not necessarily building your deck, you're drafting and playing cards. So you're not typically, depending on the games, holding on to those cards that you're drafting. It's typically draft, play, draft, play. Um, so I don't know the right answer to this. If you're talking about magic, pre-made or build as you go like games like that build as you go i think is 10 times better um but then i look at games like keyforge that come with pre-made decks and i really appreciate that um but also because they're unique it's not like you're playing with the same deck every time unless you use that same hand like because you get you can get so many decks with keyforge um, I know I'm not answering the question. Do you have an answer that would make what I'm trying to say make more sense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is an important distinction because 
card drafting can be a form of deck building, right? So depending on the type of game you're playing, um, like if you play Magic in a limited format, like and you do a draft, like you are drafting cards from packs to then build your deck. So that's literally right. the way your deck building is through your drafting. Now, like you said, Josh, I think the impl- the implication here is more of like um, Seven Wonders, like draft play, draft play, draft play. Um, yeah. I, of the two, I prefer deck building over card drafting, but that's like, you know, <laughs> do you like craft beer or really good coffee? Like, I like them both a real <laughs> lot, you know, yeah. and depending on the day, <laughs> I might give you a different answer. Um, so I, I love them both. But for me, deck building is more consistently fun. Drafting, I think, has – I'm always in the mood to draft, but there are definitely days I would pick deck building over drafting when it comes to board games. Yeah. Um, pre-made versus build as you go. Again, the, ooh, the cool thing about deck building and creating your deck and, and building it ahead of time um, is that typically the formats you can do those sorts of things in or the games that allow you to do those things – when you do that, you can do the most powerful, cool things in the game because of that. Yeah. Whereas the build as you go or the ones that are like, here's a pre-made deck tend to be much more balanced from a power perspective that you might have like a bomb or two, but you're not going to be able to do these just not actually broken, but like ridiculous over the top combos or, you know, these three card combinations that are really hard for people to deal with. So it really just kind of depends. Um, when I was super into magic, I preferred constructed. So having a pre-made deck over doing, you know, pre-release like sealed deck tournaments or drafts just because I was better at it. I wasn't yeah. knowledgeable enough about magic to be really, really good in a limited environment. Um, I, <laughs> I I literally used like the, the acronym BREAD, which is like a really like short form way of like building your deck as bombs removal invasion advantage and dudes like those are like the cards like in the order you want to get them yeah like it it, for people who aren't super good at it it's a good way an easy way to make an okay deck but if you're really really good at the at that sort of a format like you're like oh i can just like i know all these interactions really well and i can just kind of make things happen so yeah this is a really hard question like this is a great (laughs) great one because these are probably like my favorite things to do in games is draft and deck build so and yeah build you know net decking and and or even just fish bowling to come up which we've talked about it's different different <laughs> <laughs> uh, like coming up with like your own like you know theory crafting and all that stuff is fun like that's just a really really fun thing to do um but yeah oh this is such a good question and if you ask me next week i'll probably have another ramble with a completely different answer at the end of it <laughs> but um dang man that's good josh anything else you want to say about Splig's question a good question. Play both types of games, and they're both satisfying. That's my answer. <laughs> that is true. They are both very satisfying in different ways. All right. So with that, we're going to move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us build live that balanced life. Josh, what's your recommendation this week? Hey, so it's the fall. I don't know if you noticed, but at least here, the weather has officially changed to fall weather. Uh my recommendation is uh, going to be uh, go find yourself a local farm and support them. Go pick apples or pumpkins or get some cider donuts or whatever they have available. Get out there and support your local farms because this is their season and they need people to still go out and support them. And uh, and we've done that past two weekends in a row and it's been great and we'll probably do it again uh, next weekend as well. 
as long as the weather's nice. So yeah, get out there, support your local farms, get some nice food, bring it home, cook it up, eat it, do what you want to do. But um, yeah, get out there, enjoy the weather. That is a great recommendation, Josh. Super, super good. Uh, my recommendation, as you had you know alluded to, Josh, we're in October, which means from this point forward, we are pretty much in holiday mode for the spooky rest of the season. year. It is, it is spooky season now. It's going to transition to turkey season and then gift-giving season and all of those wonderful things. So my recommendation to you, listener, is don't be – and I know this is typically associated with one holiday, but I'm going to extend it to all. Don't be a Grinch. If people love the holidays and they're really into spooky time or they're really into turkey time or they're really into whatever, be excited for them that they're into it. I understand that the amount of stress and things that can be – that can happen during the holidays is sometimes overwhelming and that it it can be very challenging to keep everyone happy, to keep all your family happy, to see people as much as they want to be seen. All of that can be be very challenging for people. But with all that being said, it's been a really rough couple of years. So if people are super stoked about the holidays and like, this is the thing they're like looking forward to try not to, you know, yuck their yum, right? Like try to be supportive of that and recognize that. And if it's not your holiday, like if you're not super Halloween, that's cool. That's cool. Just be really supportive of those who are into it. And then when you're super into Thanksgiving and they're not, hopefully they will do the same for you. So be festive, be merry, uh, and try to support people as we get into this awesome holiday season and try to have as much fun, safe fun as we can. So that, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thank you for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our socials with hashtag board with VG, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well so we can see what you're up to. Uh, And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network and Steam at YSOSerious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. (laughs)